Welcome to Career and Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve. And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. Today, we are talking about coaching in leadership roles. And as an ambitious leader or manager, you're going to need to coach your teams and direct reports to get the best from them. So we're going to look at this today and we're going to unpack it a little bit because sometimes people can feel like because they've not trained as a coach, how can they do that and what does that look like in the workplace? So we are going to we'll start with what is coaching because sometimes I think people aren't actually quite sure what coaching is. What is the definition of coaching? So this is a really interesting question because I think there are different answers to this. And I think some confusion gets created precisely because there are different answers to this. So to me, coaching in its kind of pure form, if you like, which is what people will typically be trained in if they go and train as a coach. When I did my coaching qualifications, the way that you're trained in coaching is that it is not directive at all, that as a coach, you're there to facilitate a session, that you're there to create a great thinking environment for somebody, help them to find solutions, help them to find their own answers. So you have responsibility as a coach for structuring the session and for having the relevant skills, experience, tools, and techniques to be able to do that, but you don't give any guidance or advice. And that absolutely has its place. Obviously, I'm going to say that. I'm a coach. However, in the workplace, I think the definition generally is quite different, particularly given that so much of the coaching that you're going to do is coaching people who report to you or who you work with. Because it's not just team members. It's not just people who directly report to you. Coaching in the workplace can also be coaching colleagues, coaching peers. It can be in conversations that you have where you're trying to distill and get answers to to questions in supplier conversations, in customer or client conversations as well. So for me, coaching in the workplace is a slightly different definition. And I really like, there's an author called Michael Bungay-Stania, wrote a book called The Coaching Habit that we've talked about previously on a different episode. And I love his approach, which is that particularly relevant, I think, for the workplace where coaching is really about asking more questions. It's about getting that to that place where somebody else has the opportunity to come up with ideas, but it's not that purist form. As a, Particularly in a leadership role, you will have things where it is absolutely relevant, appropriate that you will give guidance. There will also be times where you'll discover that somebody can't come up with their own ideas and you might need to give them some mentoring. There might be a right and a wrong way. There might be processes that people need to follow. So coaching in the workplace really, for me, has to be 
more of that kind of blend of taking some of the things that a coach would do in a coaching session and instilling more of that in how you operate as a leader. So it's more of that kind of how you operate and your approach as opposed to it being that kind of purist form. Yeah, no, I really like that because the, there is differences between that coaching outside of the workplace in a coaching session and coaching in the workplace because like you say it comes in so many different shapes and forms and it is just about being ready to to ask questions rather than jump in with the advice and the guidance and I think when especially as a lead you've got a lot more knowledge in most cases so it's so tempting isn't it we're under pressure we've got little time I know the answer I'm just going to give you the answer but then it's like what happens when you're not there and I think for me as a leader that coaching element of of the role is super important because it's empowering people to think for themselves rather than just come to you for the answers all of the time and it, it massively frees up a lot of your time as well because when you start getting people thinking for themselves and feeling more empowered it does make a massive difference to that team dynamic completely it does that's how I've ended up being in coaching as a profession because when I was in leadership roles I was absolutely fascinated by the power of coaching and the impact that it could have to adopt more of a coaching approach so I didn't formally train in coaching until I left my employed role and wanted to become a coach and actually a huge amount of what I did and how I developed the basic skill set came when I was in those leadership and management roles. Yeah, and I was pretty much the same. I didn't know what coaching was until I went on a leadership course within the within like the corporate workplace that I was in. And that was the first time I'd even heard of coaching. What even is it? And then when you go through that and you're like, oh, okay. So it is about listening more. It is about asking more questions. It is about empowering people. And then you're like, do that anyway. But now I'm more aware of it. I can be more deliberate about doing that and asking those questions and supporting those people. And once I understood the basic principles of coaching, my teams changed. The way that I led those teams changed. It became easier because they were becoming more empowered and when I was asking them questions and they genuinely didn't know the answers then that's where we spotted the training gaps or the need for a little bit of mentoring or a little bit of guidance and that's fine and I think it's knowing when to to step in isn't it as well it's one thing thinking about coaching but it's then okay when do you step in and go okay you definitely don't know the answer so now I'm going to give you a little bit of help but what will you do next time Yeah, absolutely. And I think there are a number of barriers that can get in the way of people adopting that type of approach. And that's one of the things that I see is that people don't get that balance that you're describing. So they have the intention and they know that coaching is important, but it's then, okay, but how do I translate that to actually coaching within the workplace how do I create that situation where I can because and I think time is one of the key ones where it feels like coaching is a very time intensive process because as you said if if I know the answer it's just quicker to just get it done and I think that's a real big barrier 
because it often is quicker if you know the answer to just give it. But that's a short term win. It's for in that moment. And what it doesn't do is that doesn't develop the other person's thinking. It also doesn't introduce the range of ideas. And who's to say your idea is the best? Yeah, do you know, and that's the thing as well, isn't it? I suppose it's as you grow as a leader, you start to realize that you don't have all the answers and you don't have all the best ideas. And it's actually having that team around you that that does, where you can ask them the questions and pull that stuff out of them. Because sometimes I think people don't even realize how good they are. And even when they might have lots of experience that you actually don't know about until you start asking them those questions and listening to what they say and almost like probing them a little bit further. And then it's, wow, like, where did all this come from? And I found that happened so many times when you start having those conversations and it doesn't need to be sat at a desk. It can be in the corridor. It can be on the phone. It can literally just be wherever it happens. You don't need to set up that formal time. I think that's another barrier is that it gets overcomplicated because there's this assumption. So if you do some workplace training and coaching skills, very often you'll be given the model of grow. That's the normal one that people first get introduced to when they're um, training and coaching skills. And if you aren't familiar with it, it stands for goal, reality, options and will. And it really is about giving people a structure of how to have a coaching conversation. So start with what's the goal that we need to get to. The reality is where are we now? So questions around what's the gap between the here and now and that goal. The options is exploring what could we do. And then the will is about the commitment of what action are we going to take in order to get closer. And that as a very simple framework can be really powerful and really useful. But again, I remember when I first trained in it and it felt, okay, I've got to get all of those steps in for it to be considered as coaching. I've got to go through all of those four phases. And actually a really good question, one simple, really good question, you don't necessarily need to go through that whole framework. And that for me, that kind of overcomplication of it then becomes a barrier where it's almost, I haven't got, I haven't got the time to sit down and have a coaching session on how to approach this project. So therefore, rather than ask the question of, okay, what do you think are the best first steps? If we're going to tackle this thing, solve this problem, what are the first steps? And that's a really simple question, but it's still coaching. You don't have to go through a whole framework. And there are plenty of other frameworks that people might be familiar with as well, but you don't have to go through all of that. Just asking some of those really simple questions can be a really powerful way to help other people think. And there's also a mindset piece where, as you were describing that aspect of, you get a stage in your leadership career where you feel like you've got to be brilliant. And actually, the further you go, I think you can then let go of that mindset and recognize, and, and the phrase I often use is, your role as a leader is not to be the most brilliant, it's to facilitate other people's brilliance. And that's the difference between advising and coaching for me, is when you're advising, you're showing how brilliant you are, when you're coaching, you're facilitating other people's brilliance. 
yeah, that's like a total mic drop moment, isn't it? Because it's so true because you do get so focused on you and your own progression that you forget as, as you move upwards that it's, it, it becomes less about you and, and more about the team. And I really like that saying because it, it's so true, isn't it? And putting loads of barriers in the way, making things overcomplicated just stops people from coaching and achieving that level of brilliance from their own teams. And it's so easy to overcomplicate it, but it's so easy to also keep it really simple, isn't it? And I found when I first learned some of the coaching frameworks that they're really quite clunky and it didn't feel natural. So what I found really useful at the start of my coaching journey and when I say the start of my coaching journey, probably talking about, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago now, but I found practicing and we practice makes perfect, doesn't it? That's what we always say. But actually, the more co- coaching questions you ask, the more you'll find your own style, the more you'll feel comfortable in asking those questions. And even if you are looking at some of the frameworks and grow is probably one of the the, the simplest ones, isn't it? But even that can feel quite clunky. It's about just getting stuck in and asking those questions and the more you ask the easier it'll become and you'll find your own kind of flow and your own way of doing things and it will all start to click into place and become so much easier for you to do that and you'll see the difference in the people that you're leading and you'll just all of a sudden you'll go oh this coaching thing is really working and it it will be working for you as well because the better your teams become, the less pressure on you. And it just makes to see those people empowered and working to, to the best of their ability as a leader. That's what you want, isn't it? That's what you want to see. Completely. And I think that habit piece is so important to cut yourself some slack because of those other barriers, because you're often under time pressure, you've obviously often got a lot on your plate as a manager or leader, because you might have come across these slightly clunky or overcomplicated frameworks and you're in that mindset of, I've got to prove myself and show that I have the answers. All of those things contribute to a habit of giving advice because they all lead to it's just easier, it's quicker, it shows that I know what I'm talking about if I give advice. And so this is about unlearning that habit and knowing when giving advice is the right thing to do and when it serves you well, and then learning the habit of asking questions, learning the habit of coaching. And it is just those changes to habits that and they're not easy. So it it's that element of you've got to do it badly in order to be able to do it well. It's not just going to come immediately to you. And people who consistently coach and consistently ask great questions and unlock things in other people do it because they've been practicing that habit for a very long time. Yeah. And it's true, isn't it? My, my most favorite question that I used to ask my team teams was what would you do if I wasn't here so when they came to me we've got a problem this is happening we we need to sort this out quickly and I would just always say what would you do if I wasn't here and 
then based on that answer, I would know, can we coach a little bit further or does this person need a little bit of training so that when I'm I'm not in the office, they know exactly what to do next time. And I think that is the, that's the bit where you can, you can ask those questions and you can dig a little bit deeper to find out, does this person know, or are they just lacking a little bit of confidence? They're not quite sure. And you can start asking questions around that and then you can figure out then what actually do they need at this moment in time. And I think, so if we move on to the kind of the three practical tips that we would give for people. So I I think for me, even before questions, which spoiler alert is one of them, but I think before that, there's a piece around having a habit of listening more. When you listen, there's a difference between you're listening and waiting for a space to be able to give your impression, your view, or even to ask your question versus listening in a way that encourages the other person to express their thoughts, their thought process. What And, and one of the things, so there's a, a coaching approach called time to think, and it's very purist in terms of you ask minimal questions. All it's about really at its core is better listening. And it's incredible when you're on the receiving end of it. So I've been coached by a a time to think coach. And when you're on the receiving end of it, it's just incredible how when you listen to somebody, even without asking questions, they will often come to their own conclusions. They just needed to say it. They just needed to get it out of their head and to talk their way through something to reach the conclusion. But because they're also operating in a very busy business with a lot of things going on and haven't had that kind of five minutes to just sit and get their head together, listening, just purely listening can be incredibly powerful. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And that that listening time that space that you give people really allows them to like to dig deep and also to be themselves as well and to see what comes out for them when they start what you ask them the question and they start answering and you can almost sometimes see the cogs turning because they've got all of this great stuff in their heads but they've not figured out how to get it out into the open so you start pulling it pulling it out of them in terms of asking those questions and it, it is amazing to see that like when you really listen to, to what someone's saying and you can see the brain start working and in most cases you see that level of excitement don't you building because they're like I know this answer and it's so nice to see and you feel like do you know what like that was a nice conversation that was definitely worth spending that few minutes just bouncing those ideas around and asking those questions and really listening to to the people. And when I've done leadership development, sometimes we do listening exercises. And one of the things that comes up time and time again is that when people have been listened to, so there's an exercise where they will have something that they're going to talk about and the the other person has to just shut up and listen for a period of time. And the person that is listening nearly always finds it really hard to start with. They feel like they've got to sit on their hands. They feel like 
this feels strange not to be able to contribute, not to be able to participate in the conversation. And the person that's being listened to nearly always finds it slightly weird to start with of having this time where they can talk and they're not being interrupted. And then it tends to go through a sort of bit of a barrier where they're then, and the words that get used are things like, it's liberating, it's so unusual, it felt amazing to be able to talk without that other person interrupting. And it's because that happens so infrequently that both when we're talking, we're tending to rush to try and get to our conclusion or our point really quickly because we're not used to being listened to. But also when we're listening, a lot of the times we interrupt or we make a point because we want to get into the conversation. We want to participate. And that's about us rather than about the other person. And coaching is about flipping that. It's about giving that person more time, more space, calming and slowing that down so that they're not having to rush to get their point. And a question I really like before I then start listening is to ask somebody, what is the problem that you need to solve? Because very often they've rushed and they're coming to you maybe with, oh, should I do this or should I do this? And they haven't stopped to think, what problem do I need to solve? And often when they talk through that, then it becomes really crystal clear to them what solution. And they don't need to ask you the question of should I do this or should I do this? Because once they've got that clear in their own head, what they're trying to solve, then it becomes clear what the solution is. And they can do that, but they just need that to be able to express and to think about the problem rather than be rushed to the solution. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think that final tip on give less advice is really important at that point, isn't it? So human nature, we just want to jump in and help someone while they're trying to figure it out. We don't like seeing people struggling or worrying or anything like that. So it's that instinct isn't it to jump in and I think if you can hold back and give less advice you'll get so much more out of that conversation and let that person express so much more at the same time yeah and so the the second tip is asking questions and the third tip is giving less advice and that's all about shifting the balance so when you're listening more when you're asking more questions when you're giving less advice All three of those are about putting the focus and the attention on the other person rather than on yourself. And I think you're absolutely right. The drive to do a lot of those things is often positive. But when you're giving advice, what you're really saying at a subconscious level is, I know better than you. I'm more knowledgeable than you. I've got the answers you need help as opposed to when you get them to come up with the answers by giving less advice and by asking more questions and and listening, then what you're doing is saying, I trust you. I believe in you. I think you've got it in you to come up with these. There's a real subconscious vote of confidence in that other person that 
they've got this. They can come up with this. And all right, there might be a bit of tweaking and a bit of guidance here and there, but it's almost that subconscious message to the other person is absolutely the opposite. It's all about them. It's all about belief in them and believing that they have the capability and the capacity to solve their own problems. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I think if you're listening to this and you're thinking that you'd like some support for yourself or for your teams to be become better coaches, then this is something that we run workshops for under our Catalyst Careers brand. If you are interested in any of the training sessions that we do, then just drop us either of us or both of us a message on LinkedIn and we will be happy to share all of the good stuff that we can do to help you and your teams become better leaders. So thanks for listening to this week's episode. We hope you found it useful. Don't forget to to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platforms. And if there are any topics that you would like us to cover, then please do drop us a message. We always love to hear from our listeners. And we'll be back again with another episode next week.